Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. No matter where you are in the world, I'd like to welcome you back to another episode of Whose World Is This? with Junior Renee Bobrun. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener, I'd like to welcome you to this ongoing conversation that is now in its uh, 83rd or 84th episode. I can't remember. <laughs> and if you're a returning listener, Thank you guys again for lending me your ears, giving me a moment again to be a part of your lives. And thank you for continuing uh, this ongoing conversation. Without you, uh, this thing of ours isn't going to grow. And I have to thank you for sharing. If you're an Apple subscriber, podcast subscriber, thank you guys for um, <clears throat> following and rating and reviewing the show. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you for following. I'm hoping that Spotify comes up with a, some sort of rating and comment section system soon enough. That'd be nice. Um, thank you for listening on Amazon. Wherever you're listening, however you're coming across this, I appreciate your continued visitation, your continued participation, your continued patronage. It is appreciated for sure. I'm just a dude with a microphone. It's all. Nothing qualifies me per se to speak to you except the fact that we're building some sort of trust here, right? So nothing really qualifies. What qualifies me to speak to, whether you're in the Netherlands or in Africa or in India and Canada, Europe, Asia, wherever you're listening? Because, yeah, I'm not just saying that abstractly. Those are the actual places people are listening, which is awesome. No matter where you are in the world, thank you, you know, for giving me that opportunity again to speak to you, and, and hopefully you're getting something from this. Um, uh Again, if you have any questions, concerns, kudos, suggestions, criticisms, opportunities, whether they be media opportunities, whether it's um, uh, cross collaborations with other media content or context creators, um, uh, interviews, sponsorship, investment opportunities, please feel free to email me at whoseworldisthis21 at gmail.com. That's whose, W-H-O-S-E. Okay, whose world is this to one at gmail.com or you can just follow me on Instagram as well and you can send me a direct message. You can like, share, post, whatever the case, you, however you want to contact me. That is whose world is this two zero two one. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Definitely go to ChavezHouse.com, Chavez with an S and pick up your journals, people. Pick up your gratitude journals, pick up your life, your, 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 your training logs, whether you're male, female, women, whatever. We have fitness logs. They have uh, gratitude journals. They have the success blueprint to how to self-publish, which was number one in its genre. Uh, all of these gifts and all of these uh, items that are essential that I feel are very that do a great job of improving your stock in your daily life improving your lot in life, improving your mental state and how you approach your day, your life, the people around you. These gratitude journals, these uh, decorative notebooks, the fitness and training log holds you accountable. It's awesome. You can go on Amazon and put in Chavez House Publishing. Remember, that's Chavez with an S. Chavez House Publishing and anything authored by Lenore Batista, that's Chavez House. All righty. So check that out when you get a chance. So what are we going to talk about today? Um, there's an issue going on right now uh, that's hitting the news 
And I think it's important to speak about. Um, remember, I told you we don't do current events here for the sake of doing current events. We don't do that to ride algorithms. The reason why I say that over and over again for you guys that are listening to me for the umpteenth time, you're probably saying, June, you don't always have to say that. Yeah, I kind of do because they're new people. So it's um, it's like remember that Jay Z song, um, 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 allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is. There's a reason why. Every single episode, I give my first, middle, and last name. There's a reason why I say certain things over and over again, because I'm introducing and I'm reintroducing myself, not only to you, who's been a, a, recurrent, a recurring patron, but those who are new to this platform and are just listening to this episode for the first time, and they haven't heard the other 80-plus episodes. Um, so that's why I say that. I don't want anyone to think that we're just pulling things out of the celebrity sphere or the news current current event news cycle to ride that algorithm. We don't do that. There are many, many things on that are going on in the world we don't speak about here. If I don't feel it, I, it can tie into the ethos of this show of this. You know, if I don't think I can really bring anything to the table that can illuminate, educate, improve, enlighten, et cetera, et cetera. In any case, so I say, yeah, yeah, not necessary. We're not going to talk about that unnecessary, unnecessary. I make that decision. That's a decision that I make autonomously. Okay. Um, you know, certain things that are going on and I will only, sometimes I'll bring them up to bring a bigger point. That subject today happens to be a situation that's occurring right now with SCOTUS Supreme Court of the United States and leaked emails that have to do or leaked memos that have to do with the Roe v. Wade decision regarding abortion that made abortion legal in the United States because up until that point, abortion was illegal in the United States and abortion has been a big issue in the United States since I was a child. Since I didn't even know what abortion was, I heard that word being used. Now, There's been a phrase that's been bandied and parroted over the last couple of decades. And in the last couple of decades, obviously, I went from a little kid to someone who's an adult to someone who's I've been an adult for a while now. I've been engaged in uh, relationships for a while now. I'm an uncle. Um, I've been in situations where I've seen children being born. I've seen children leveraged. I've seen situations where people wanted to have babies and babies were aborted a whole host of situations you name it i've seen it heard of it or experienced it in one way shape or form and that phrase that i've been hearing is my body my choice abortion is a reproductive rights issue to many to others, it's a religious issue where they think that conception is the beginning of life. Abortion is not aborting a baby. You are aborting a fetus. A fetus is not a baby. Those are two separate things. Okay. For many, whether you're religious, whether you whatever your turpitude is, if you're religious, however you look at it, it all is coming from perspectives of women are saying these, this is my right. Certain women are saying other women are saying you don't have a right to do that. Remember, there are a lot of female pro-lifers out there, a lot, <clears throat> whether they're Islamic, whether they're secular humanists, whether they're 
of fundamentalist Christians. It doesn't matter. Muslim, it doesn't matter. There are a lot of people who are against abortion, and there are many who are about the choice. Within early term, within the first six or so weeks, eight weeks of, of a pregnancy, a right for a woman to make a decision as to what she's going to do with said fetus. Is she's going to allow it to come to term? Is she? That is her choice. Her body, dot, 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 her choice. My body, my choice. Now, before we go into Roe v. Wade, and before we go into the efficacy, reproductive rights, we're not going to get into the religious morality and things of that nature. I'm going to speak about it from a heterosexual male's perspective. And I'm going to ask a question. Or I'm going to ask a question based on something that was going on in Sweden a couple of years back. In Sweden, listen to this carefully. Hmm. The youth party, youth liberal party in Sweden, they proposed a change in the legislation that enabled men to decline their parental responsibilities during the same period of time that a woman has the right to have an abortion by which she's declining her parental responsibilities. Listen to that. So they're saying, okay, if a woman, the allotted amount of time that a woman is given to have a child or not, I mean, to, to remain pre or have an abortion, they wanted to propose a legislation that said that man at that moment should have the ability to decline his parental rights as well. Since she's declining her parental rights by having an abortion. She's physically declining her parental rights. She's saying, I do not want to be pregnant. I do not want to carry this fetus to, to, to a full-grown infant to a term. I do not want to give birth to this child for whatever reason on the planet. Doesn't matter. Her body, dot, 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 her choice. Okay? That man is saying, okay, well, in that case... Since you have your body, your choice, how about now my wallet, my choice, my last name or whatever, my choice, my time and physical equity and, and financial equity, my choice. If you get to make that decision autonomously, regardless of how I feel about it, then I'm making this. Do I do I have the right to make that decision? Because this is the conversation that many men have, ladies. You might have had it, and this may be a sensitive topic for many out there. Maybe I should have had a sensitive content warning in the beginning. I promise I'm going to be delicate. I'm doing this off of the top, so I'm, doing, I'm thinking a great deal about the things that, are, that I'm going to say before I say it, which I do most of the time when, I'm on, when I do this, but this... This is a very hot, this is a hot issue. This is a very sensitive issue. And people are going to bring their own experiences to the table. Many people that are listening to me are adults who have been active in relationships and probably have personal experiences, a personal experience regarding this particular topic. This is a sensitive topic. So I'm going to speak from the man's perspective. I'm going to speak from men that I've heard constantly from barbershops to overhearing it to, to older cousins in my family being the fly on the wall where no one thought I was even in the room and I just heard things 
you know, from cousins or I was the kid in the barbershop or then I got older, then I became of age and I was the age of the people that were in the barbershop talking about me. Then I was the age of the older cousins. Now I'm the age of the uncles that I heard speaking about things while I was a kid. Now I'm at that age. I have their experiences may not have understood it to a certain degree when I was younger. But now that I've reached an age where I have several male friends that have been involved in relationships and I've been involved in relationships and all the things that go on in society and the phraseology that we use and who it benefits. Many, many men out there are asking a question. If it takes two to procreate. And it takes two to parent. Ideally then why is this decision solely a woman's decision? Why is it that after my, a man's sperm is in a woman's body, he has no more input after he put that in? Is that fair? Is that equitable? Because, it's, because if a woman decides to have that child, now that man is responsible financially. Legally, he can be taken to court. What if a man says, I don't want to have this child with you. I don't even really want to be with you. This was casual. This was this. This was that. I don't want to have a baby. And she goes, well, I do. And that man says, well, I'm not going to be there. I'm going here. I'm going there. I actually have a woman that I have my eye on. Oh, I want to be single. I just wanted to have fun. And I don't want to have this. She goes, well, guess what? You're going to be a father, whether you like to be or not. You're going to be a father. You're going to, it's going to be biologically yours and it's going to be financially, partially your responsibility. So if you want to be a dad, that's your choice. But I'm going to make sure that you're a father in some way. Your wallet's going to be there. I'm going to make sure of that. I'm going to take you to court. So in that equation, Right there, I ask, because I've heard women say, women that have gotten, that have had unwanted pregnancies, whatever that means. That's interesting, unwanted pregnancy, because we all know how people get pregnant. And we're, we're excluding any sort of sexual assaults, rapes, and incest, and things of that nature. We're, obviously, we're excluding forcible encounters. We're, we're talking about two consenting adults aware of what they are going to do fully aware and full awareness and full knowledge of what their actions could lead to. Okay. So that's why the term unwanted pregnancy is interesting to me, but we'll get to that, especially oftentimes if there was no contraception and no uh, apparatuses being used that would prevent a pregnancy. So if you had the, allowed a man to do certain things and you allowed someone to enter you unprotected, et cetera, et cetera, that's, you know the outcomes. So it's like both the man and the woman. You know what's going on. But the woman takes the, un, the, the burden of having a child. She has to carry for nine months. Her body goes through changes that it may never recover from. I know women that have diabetes now because of their child, because of the pregnancy. Rough pregnancies that don't end after the child is born. I've said it time and time again that, uh, you know, the parallel about having a baby is that a woman comes of uh, the paradox is that a woman comes as close to death that she can can be while living be, while she's giving birth to a new life. 
So her death can come about by bringing a life on the planet. So the responsibility to make sure most of the responsibility to, to ensure that there is no quote unquote unwanted pregnancies and unwanted baby it falls on the woman because you are the first nurse. The women are the first nurse. Women are the first teachers. Women are the first cooks and the first counselors. If you do not want to give birth to a child and be that first, this first, that, and you do not want to be put in a position financially, spiritually, and mentally to have to deal with all of the responsibilities that come with, 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 raising a child then there are certain things that should be taken into account early early on whether it's birth control whether it's having condoms in every single drawer in the house that doesn't guarantee that you won't have the oops child like oops whoops i'm pregnant doesn't guarantee it but at least it, it mitigates in any case it, 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 it can prevent to a certain degree but let's get back to what i was talking about the man when that man says can a man say, I don't want to be a dad and you don't have the right to come after me for money because I didn't have the right to tell you what to do with what's in your tummy. You don't have the right because it took two to procreate. We, we, we sat down, we, we laid down or whatever we were doing, whatever position. And it's because of the both of because of our union. That my sperm met your egg and now. Let there be life. That is a life. It is alive at that point. That's something new. Is it a baby? Not yet. Is it something that is alive in the, in the, in the most elementary sense of the word? Yes, it is. It's alive. And you get to make that decision autonomously as to whether or not that thing that's alive, that organism now becomes a baby a human being you have the choice but then as soon as it's born whether i want it to be born or not i am responsible to a certain degree legally i can be shamed i can be you know oh he's not being a father to his child etc etc and there are many many men out there who have been silenced they don't want to have this conversation because they'll be ostracized they don't want to have this conversation because of oh they'll be shamed by people saying oh well you know um um you you were you were man enough to lay down with the person so you should be man enough to take care of what you've done really couldn't that same argument be couldn't that same argument be used on a woman and saying, well, you were woman enough to lay down. So you should be woman enough to take care of this responsibility. Because it seems as if it only works to a woman's advantage to a certain degree. Because if you're woman enough to lay down, you're woman enough to have a, a, a relationship, I mean, a sexual relationship, you're woman enough to take the child to term and you decided on your own, your body, your choice. You have this dominion. If you have all of that dominion, then then it's your body, your choice. You made this boss chick decision, handled the consequences, repercussions, ramifications and outcomes of your decision. I told you from the outset I'm single and mingling. 
I'm looking to have fun and maybe be in a relationship. We can go out. We can hang out. We can go on vacation. I'll fly you out. I'll flew you out. I'll do all of that. But I don't want to be anybody's dad. I don't want to be anybody's husband. And I don't want to be anybody's father. I'm in it for fun. We're having fun. And this is how we have fun. And so when she comes up pregnant or that woman comes up pregnant and you say, well, I told you what I was doing. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And that woman says, well, I want to have a child. Okay. Well, I don't want to be responsible for that child, says the man in response. And the woman goes, well, guess what? You're going to be a dad. And he goes, I don't want to be a dad. Well, you were man enough to lay down with me. So now you have to be man enough to take care of this child. He can say, well, you're woman enough to want to make these decisions on your own. You're making this decision without me. And you're about to bring a child into this world that is unwanted by one of the parents. Therefore, bringing a child into this world that is going to be the product of what is called, or what I term, coin, an incomplete love. Because the first people that love us and the first people that we love on earth are our parents. That is a complete love. That is the cycle. The male the female, the child. We are in the mammalian species. I don't care if you're a bear, you're a lion, you're a tiger, you're a wolf. doesn't matter where you are in the, on the mammalian pyramid. That is what it is. Male, female, offspring. And the offspring learns from the male and the offspring learns from the female. Okay. And, is, and us using our upper mammalian consciousness, our ids, our egos, and our super egos, we, we, we add things like attraction and romance for one reason, to bring about the same biological imperative, which is to procreate, okay, and to protect the species, to keep the species and the bloodlines going. So yes, we add novellas and we add soap operas and we add attraction and we add this, but it's the same process. In the wild, the female chooses which male it's going to procreate with. She, the female chooses the bull elephant. She chooses the big, the big alpha wolf, the alpha bear, the alpha lion, the alpha tiger. It's everywhere. The woman chooses. Ah, she's not choosing for fun and this, that, and the third and recreation. She's choosing for procreational purposes. And deep down when we strip away all this stuff that we've added on, the stories, the Prince Charming, the Cinderella's and everything in between, this is about a biological imperative that is embedded in each and every single last mammal and species on Earth, which is procreate. She's cute. He's cute. This, that, <laughs> procreation so when a child is born onto the planet where one of the parents is not aboard did not want to be a part of this your child that child is born of an incomplete love and there's really nothing that one parent can do to complete that cipher that's what it is that's another story let's get back to what i'm talking about so This is the logical inconsistency I feel that's going on right now in the conversation. Should a woman want a child that a man does not? Because fathers for far too long in our Western society have been considered supplemental parents, not essential. The mom is the one who carries and yes, she's the first teacher. She's the first this, but the father is also an essential part of the per parenting 
process and and uh, rearing a contributory balanced adult child goes into adulthood and to keep the food chain I'm sorry the life chain and the family chain alive by using what was learned by applying practically what was learned from and instructed by the mom and the dad then you in turn as a mother as a as a female or a male learn how to be a productive adult you choose a, a mate and you go and you do the exact same thing and it's your job to improve upon what you were taught by both mother and father but when you're born of an incomplete love do you know what to look for in a spouse do you know what to look for in a mate when you haven't been around that balance if you are if you were born to a single mom and you're a boy do you know how to be a man if you didn't have your father around or your father didn't want you around do you know how to be a man do you know how to do you know what it is to have a woman take care of her man and vice versa and man take care of his woman do you understand that if you're a girl do you know what man to pick if you didn't have your father around or you didn't have your mother around do you know you don't it's it's abstract because you didn't because in your theta years between zero and seven that we speak about constantly where things are repeated over and over again your abcs and your one two threes and your pleases and your thank yous and everything in between in those formative years between zero and nine years old, zero and seven, your single digit years, you didn't get that information, that essential information. Because nine years later, you're going to be 18 years old and adult, you can do what you want. You can marry, you can carry, you can carry before you marry, you can go off and fight for God and empire, you can vote, you can drive, you can fly, you can do whatever you want. From that nine years, when you were in theta mode, after that, by that time, you're entering into, entering into your prepubescent stage and then your pubescent stage. And that at that point, you become creators after puberty. A girl can drop eggs and a man has sperm. Hello. But you weren't instructed on what exactly that means and the responsibility that that entails. So this recreational revolution in sex has changed the procreational dynamics of in our in our societies. Way before this recreational procreation, you had the adults. <laughs> this is going to sound very controversial. I know, but maybe our ancestors were right. Because for the mo most of our human civilization, who married whom wasn't up to the people and the participants of that said relationship it wasn't just up to the man and the woman that were going to enter into a sexual relationship who decided to have sex with each other who decided to have children with each other and who decided to marry each other were family decisions they weren't just left up to people choosing out of recreation and attraction the people that were 20 30 40 years older than you and i were helping in that decision-making process. It wasn't just you saying, but I love her. And then it wasn't just you saying, but I love him. It was mom, dad, elders, grandma, grandpa, everyone in between saying, this makes a good match and this is why. He's doing this with his life and this is the family he comes from. She's doing this with her life and this, and th and this is where her family comes from. They come from good stock, et cetera, et cetera. This was a family decision. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to that, but I'm saying right now, 
in 2022, in May of 2022, things seem to be out of balance. When two people get to sit down and recreational, recreationally have sex and agree to that. But then when it comes to that procreational process, at that moment, there's a divide. We were just doing this for fun. But let me tell you something. I enjoy sex as the next person. There's nothing prudish about me. There's nothing puritanical about me. But I've seen the consequences of unwanted pregnancies. I've seen it firsthand and how it destroys men and how it destroys women. And we tr we're treating this way too liberally, way too flippantly when, we, when a woman decides to lay down with a guy and a guy decides to lay down with a woman. There aren't enough women, mothers out there, teaching their daughters when they reach a certain age how to put a condom on a man. Getting the cucumber from the grocery store, getting the pack of condoms and showing like, you know what? Don't even leave it up to him because you're the one who's going to be pregnant for nine months. So you do it. You learn how to incorporate this into the action of attraction. You do it. And who, and it and, and doesn't matter if he may view you as someone who is experienced or active and that may be considered unattractive to him. You have those condoms in your book bag. You have those condoms in your glove compartment, in your armrest, in your in your in your in, in your bedroom nightstand. You carry them and then you put yourself on and you protect yourself and you put yourself in a position that the only time that you get pregnant or at least you can mitigate it to almost a an 70 to 80 to 90 percent effect effectiveness matrix the mothers and the fathers out there are are supposed to listen to me instruct their children by the time your child becomes pubescent now it's time to say, listen, anything can happen now. You have to protect yourself at all times like you're in a boxing ring. I used to box. Trainer used to say, June, protect yourself at all times. All right, protect yourself at all times. Okay, okay, coach. Protect okay. As parents, as uncles, as aunties, as grandmas and grandpas, it's all fun and games from zero to nine, right? Up until that point where your daughter or your niece comes in and goes, I'm bleeding. What? Or your boy says, uh, there's something going on in the bedroom. I don't know. I think I broke it. What happened? Something's happening. Okay. Then at that point, you're saying, okay, now we are entering into another phase of that person's life. The reason why I'm having this conversation is because the conversation is completely, as far as I'm concerned, from what I see and all the men that I speak to, it's out of whack. It's out of whack that a man and a woman can procreate I can recreationally have sex and there's no legal anything. No one's involved in the room. No one's saying, oh, you can't do this. You guys both consented. You're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. You, both of you were within a two to three year age range of each other. So it's okay. Um, and with all of that, guess what? It's okay. As soon as that woman gets pregnant or find out, finds out that she's pregnant, at that moment, that man is 100% excluded from the conversation until that child is born and then he's thrust back into the conversation. So while we're speaking about Roe v. Wade, do I believe in the right for a woman to be able to have an abortion or etc. reproductive rights? That's actually not the issue. I'm taking it another step. I'm saying 
well, what happens now? Are we going to have a conversation about a man's right to help make a, a man's right in this particular process? It takes two to, pro to recreate, two to procreate, and it's going to take two to parent effectively. Because the data is out there. I hate to say it. I know everyone considers themselves a snowflake. Every single last one of you divorced moms and dads or you separated moms and dads or you single parents who never married or whatever the case may be. And yet your, your kid's the success story. Okay, I get it. You were a single parent. You raised a very, very well-adjusted child. Are you sure? Because that proof in the pudding isn't going to show until that child reaches their mid to late 30s and 40s. What kind of life are they living in their personal life? Are you sure? Just because they graduated high school and just because they graduated college and just because they didn't rob and steal or have any other pregnancies like you had doesn't mean that that child is well-rounded yet. Doesn't mean. How do they handle relationships? And you won't know that. That proof is going to be 30 years, 35, 40 years after the decision that you made to have a child out of, outside of a union, outside of commitments. You know, having a child regardless of resistance to that child being born or not, or then aborting that child. And what comes with that? Aborting that fetus. What happens then? The guilt that you may feel. How that how that man may feel who wanted to have a child is like, you hey, listen, I, I don't have any say now you have no say at all. Wow. So if I don't have any say in this process, I don't want to have a say in the outcome as well. Is that fair? Is what I'm asking. Is that fair? Is it fair for a man to say, well, since I have zero input after the recreational phase, zero input. We were having fun, and, and that input, you are the one who gets to decide whether I get to input, put it in, and now afterwards I have no more input. That's what you're saying. Because a woman, under normative circumstances, has 100% autonomy over her intimacy. Like I said, under normative circumstances, not under any sort of forcible assaults or incest or power dynamics. A woman can have 100 suitors, People with flowers and candy, willing to pay her rent, willing to buy her a jet, a house, a mouse or whatever. And she'll go, that's so nice. You can profess your love and say, I love you. I love you. I love you. And she'll look at you like, oh, you're sweet. And you can spend thousands of dollars a month on her and it won't matter. She'll give her intimacy up to the guy who bought her a small fries at the local drive through window. Because it's her choice. Her body, her choice. Just like in the wild, the most alpha. I used to watch uh, nature channels all the time. And I used to study uh, veterinary biology for a while. It was like an amateur thing. I thought I was actually going to be like a, a paleontologist and, uh, and then maybe a veterinarian. Like I was like 12, 13 years old. I read everything about animals. It's like I didn't want to have pets, but I enjoyed animals. Strange, I know. But I read and I read and I read. And I was just always, I always marveled at how the toughest, roughest male animal in the wild could not get the female if she didn't want him. He would try to mount her. He'd be like, come on, girl, you know what I mean? I'm the toughest, roughest. She's like, nope. Nope, sorry. He's beating up all the other men. She's, nope. And then one day she decides, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready now. This is the, this is the, where I'm in heat, so you. 
And even though she's in heat, she's still discerning and making a decision. Nothing changes. The female of our species as human beings, she makes the choice as to who gets to be intimate with her. Some of us will get between her ears. Many of us can get between her ears, but very, very few, if any, can get between her legs. I know it sounds vulgar, but this is what it is. Many, many will try and many will fail and all because she makes that decision, whether it's on a whim, whether it's an intellectual decision, a religious decision, just a whim, zickle decision. It doesn't matter. Her decision. So from the beginning, she's the boss, her body, her choice. We're men. We're the ones who get rejected. We go, hey, hi, I want to take you out to eat. I want to get to know you. I want to do this. Sorry, not interested. Damn. Next. That's what we do as guys. Got to knock, knock on a lot of doors. It's a sales, it's volume sales. We got to, okay, I'm going to try to talk to a hundred girls and maybe get 10 leads and close on a couple. That's what we do. That's what we do. We're hunters. Our biological imperative is looking for, for females to procreate with. That's what we do. So we're constantly on the hunt until we get married or whatever the case may be. That's what we do. So when people go, oh, men, oh, women go, oh, men, you men are dogs. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, these things that swim around inside of us, they propel us and compel us forward. Oh, why don't you use the other brain? Uh, both are working in tandem, dear. We just have this whole societal evolutionary biology thing out of whack. And we don't want to have the real conversations. We've convoluted the conversation. It's about finding the two most suitable people to bring about new life on the planet together and going to remain committed to that family structure together. That's what this thing is about. Yep. The truth is revealed. That's what this thing is about. All this other stuff, exploring your bodies and learning that your truth, I'm manifesting my separate truth and trying to fix. <sighs> Once you've decided to bring a child onto the earth, your job as a dad is to be a father and a provider. If you've decided to be that and your job as a mother is to make sure that you're a, pr a provider and that you make sure that you have a male counterpart that is dependable and going to be there. So if you don't have that from the outset, why are we bringing all these broken babies on the planet to begin with? <sighs> I know it sounds bad. I'm sorry. I apologize in advance for my for my uh, forthrightness or my blunt, uh, my blunt uh, 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 conversational style at this particular moment. I'm usually more careful than this. I know what I'm what I'm saying. I know. But this this. This platform is a bit provocative, and if I wasn't offending some of you, then I wouldn't be honest to myself because someone is going to offend someone some of the time. It's what it is. And some of people are cringing. And I know I'm coming from a very male-centric perspective, but since it takes two, and, I, and we've been told her body, her choice, we're not part of the conversation. I'll never forget there was a Chris Rock. Um, Chris, Rock's, Chris Rock's one of my favorite comedians. Shout out to Chris Rock. Go Brooklyn. And he had a skit. He was like, men... He was on stage. I can't remember which special it was. You could probably find it on YouTube. He said, men, when a woman is pregnant and she tells you that you're pregnant, there's only one thing that you are allowed to say. There's only one thing that you are allowed to say. If your woman comes up to you and goes, I'm pregnant, you are only allowed to ask 
So what you going to do? That's the only thing because that's a decision between her and her girlfriends. And they sit around and they have a tribunal and they vote for that baby like it was on Survivor. Now, that may sound vulgar, but as men, that was a man speaking. And when he said it, I understood because by the time he said, by the time I came across that particular bit, I understood because men, we sit around. A friend of mine will call me and go, yo, June, what happened? What happened? What's going on? Yo, you can, yo, you come pick me up, man. Oh, I, you, you all right? Yeah, yeah. Go to, go to one of my friend's house. He jumps into the passenger seat. I close the door before I pull off. I go, hey, you, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just drive. Let's go to, let's go to the liquor store. All right. Pick up a bottle. And, you know, we park up somewhere or maybe we go to the, the park benches. I'm giving you a New York scene right now. Go to the park benches somewhere behind some buildings or whatever. And he goes, yo, such and such is pregnant. And I go, damn. Word. I. And we and I ask him the question. So what's she going to do? What do, what do you think about that? You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to have a baby right now. You know, And the guy's sitting around stressed. I'm like, yo, so what she say? She, she wants to keep it, blah, blah, blah. But we've been, uh, all right. So you want to stay with her? And all of this is happening between two people, two young dummies. I'm not going to call them young. I'm sorry. They were untrained. If the parents and if these kids are confused about what they're doing, the parents and the grandparents did an inadequate job of instructing them what to do under these circumstances, did an inadequate job of instructing them of, of how not to get in these particular situations to begin with. That's one. And then two, what to do if this becomes uh, a situation, if this ever occurs in their lives and becomes an eventuality. So that that. So I'm not going to call these people young. I'll call them dumb, but I won't call them young. Because once I feel, once you become pubescent, it's time for your, 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 uh, a parent to enter into the next phase of parenting. Because now your little babies have the ability to bring about new life and little babies themselves. They are no longer babies. So it's time to put the PlayStation down. For the girls, it's time to put down whatever the heck they play with at that point in their lives and, and say, hey, we need to have a conversation. Because now this is another this is you're entering into another phase of your human experience. This is what it is. And have that conversation. And they get that little it's going to be awkward for the both of you, but both of you will get better at conversing. And you'll open up another realm. But you fathers out there that are treating your daughters as if they came from the same virginal membrane as your mother's. When you once your daughter now needs to go to Walgreens or the, the local pharmacy store to pick up some things because that's that thing is going to happen every 28 days or so. Your your little baby girl that you held in your arms and was looking at you and daddy's little girl is daddy's little woman. And you have to prepare her for the eventuality that, listen, you're going to be put in certain situations. And as a man, I have to arm you with the knowledge of how 
I think or men think around your age or what boys thought around your age. And I'm going to help you throughout the phases. You're, you're 11, 12 years old. I'm going to help you through the 11, 12. Now, guys that are 13, 14, 15, this is what they're thinking. Guys that are 17, 18, 19, this is what they're thinking. Guys in their 20s, and by the time your girl hits her 20s, she's ready to pick her mate mate. She's ready to say, yeah, I'm picking my mate and I'm ready to procreate. She's not going to be in situations where she's like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. She's going to know what to do if she was armed with the information from you. So the reason why I'm saying this is because I remember sitting with friends of mine and, and they're like, yeah, she's having it. I told her I didn't want to. You know what I mean? She said, let's have a decision. Let's have a conversation. And she was like, well, I'm keeping it. And he, I got some friend and we're like 19 and we barely, we, we st you know, some of us still have single digit hourly wages. And then you hear you're having a baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're barely making any money. You're taking a couple of classes at a community college. And now all of a sudden now this girl that you're seeing is saying she's pregnant. And now you're scared to death. Your mother barely knows this girl. You've been sneaking her up to your room while your parents are asleep. She doesn't, she, you barely know what she looks like in the daytime. And now she's talking about she's going to have your child. Whoa. And now she decides she's having it. And you're saying, we can't, we're both poor. I'm working, you're not, or you're working, I'm not. What? And I don't, I, I'm not qualified to do anything except to be a, 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 a feeding tube for my, my walking erection. That's all you are as a teenager. You're just feeding your horniness as a boy. That's all you're doing. And as a girl, you're walking, you know, you may have your priorities in order or not, but then you're looking at boys and guys and this, that, and the third. And, you know, so we have this in the West, in this Western society of ours. What we have is uh, this recreational sort of liberal, free-spirited way of looking at sex without consequence. And you have many, many girls that are using abortion as a contraceptive. They're like, okay, I'll just take the morning after. I'll take it in the morning. I'll do this and I'll do that. But not doing all the things possible to not have to make those decisions. Not taking all the preventative measures so you don't have to put yourself through these conundrums. Because there's a syndrome called po post-abortive syndrome where girls regret for the rest of their lives that child that could have been. They regret it forever. They, don't, they may not tell the men in their lives, but they tell the girls in their lives or it's something that they deal with internally and no one knows. They may have two, three, four kids, healthy, strong, accomplished, and they'll think about the one that didn't make it. And they wonder, wow, what would that have been like? What would have happened? And they have to sit with that. Or because they didn't do the things necessary in the beginning, or because they weren't instructed, and then they knew, and then they put themselves in positions that they had to make certain real life decisions that have ramifications for the rest of their existing days. What are we talking about here? How can we sit here in 2022 and say that this decision is only this this window, this window of time between? zero weeks and whatever six eight weeks or nine or or, 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 or or more weeks is just a woman's decision really just and how that child comes out and what situation that child comes out in and the environmental factors 
no matter how good of a mom you are, how good of a single parent you are, whatever, no matter these environmental factors that exist in your child's life are going to have a significant impact on what kind of person they are. And then that can in turn define the legacy of your lineage and your bloodline how that child turns out and what kind of children they have, if any, and the situations that those children are born into. That's how big a decision that is when someone says, my body, my choice. You're not looking at it dynastically. You're not looking at your life dynastically from generation to generation to generation. Because that child being born to an incomplete love maybe looking at the world incompletely and from a flawed perspective. And remember what we spoke about, like Albert Einstein once said, the, no, the biggest decision that we make in our life is whether we live in a hostile or a peaceful universe. You bring about that child in a broken situation from the outset with full knowledge of that, that child will be looking at the world quite possibly through a hostile universe. And, 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 and how does that warp and change their decision-making process when it's time for them to pick a mate whether male or female and does the cycle just repeat itself you had an unwanted situation they have an unwanted situation and the band plays on what i'm saying is department of juvenile justice says that the single strongest indicator of juvenile delinquency is a single parent household bang so what I'm talking about are the preventative measures. There are only a, there's only a handful of days in a month where a woman can actually get pregnant. So this is what I'm saying. If it's my body, my choice, yes, then remember when we spoke about equality? Women, you're in the driver's seat, and what does that look like? Every time there's an unwanted pregnancy, oftentimes when women have these children out of wedlock or out of real formal unions and, and, the, and have babies that are the product of casual recreational sexual encounters, the first thing they say is, I was young. Completely just at that point, abandoning accountability. I was young. I was young and dumb. I didn't know any better. Well, so you get into a car, car accident. There's fault. Cop comes. Who's at fault? They're assessing fault. You're 18 years old. You get a driver's license, this, that, and the third, looking at the facts on the ground. You know, it's not, oh, I was young. You know, no, you have a driver's license. Right. OK, so this is what happened. You hit the car and, you know, based on where it's hit and based on the witnesses and the accounts and everything, then someone else is going to make a decision. You, saying that I was young, I was young means that you were 12. You know, I was young when you're 19, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old and still saying I was young. I didn't know any better. Yeah, you did. You carried before you were in a formal union. Some would say you carried before you were married. I know this sounds rough. And some would say you didn't have the proper precautions. How many condoms and how many sizes of different condoms and prophylactics did you have in your at your nightstand, in your medicine cabinet, in your in your all of your purses, in your glove compartment, in your armor? How many? And how much contraception were you taking? Did you did you look at all the different kinds of forms of contraception? First and foremost, do you know how to put prophylactics on an actual uh, uh, man? Do you know how to do it? Did you practice with the cucumber with you and your friends? Have a little circle. Go to the grocery section. You pick up a bunch of them. Then after that, you make a salad with it. I know. You got, now you got healthy, healthy options. This is a, that's a healthy meeting. Instead of watching reality TV and whose basketball wife or whose f 
Tennessee wife of Atlanta, dentists, veterinarian, cauldron, what, baby mamas of, of, of golfers. Instead of watching that, <clears throat> you guys come around and say, hey, listen, do you, let's get all these cucumbers. Everyone bring a cucumber. Bring your own f salad, food, cucumbers and pickles. Okay, maybe a carrot. I don't know. And you do. And, and everyone practices until they master it. And everyone uses what's called best practices. And then after that, you chop it up and all of you guys have a garden salad with olive oil. Everybody wins. You're putting yourself in a position where you're arming yourself to eliminate or prevent as best you can undesirable outcomes. Remember, I'm not a religious person. But I'm just saying there are only a handful of days that an egg actually drops. There are 28 days or 30 day, 20 days in a cycle, and there are about a handful of days, less than half, about 10 days, where a woman can actually get pregnant. Find the most accurate indicators of what those days are, and don't get romantical on those days. Those days are here. Okay, no. No, you, no. you can't spend the night. No, you can't. No, because I can get such and such. Even with all of the precautions I'm taking, I can still, under these days, based on the indicators that I have available. All I'm saying is I'm trying to get as many women to not have to make that decision and get as many men to not have to be in that position. And men, you can't go in there without proper protection because you have no more input. Once you put it in, your input ends. Once your sperm enters into her body, it becomes her property and she does with it what she chooses. At that moment, you should be very, very cognizant of what you do next. At that moment, think about all of these casuals and, and racking up the numbers of girls you're hanging out with and dating or because you're attracted to her and you're trying to. No, 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 no. You got to think. You got to take a second. Because that can have lifelong dynastic ramifications. So maybe our elders were right. Because how we got to this point, I'm saying our, how, we, how our humanity got to the point where we're at seven billion deep wasn't because everyone was walking around getting romantical. They were business decisions. Families who knew each other. Men, I mean, uh, uh, parents of daughters would say, yeah, that boy that you like isn't suitable for our family. The answer is no. Were these parents always right? No. As with everything else, there's a margin of error. But guess what? They're the ones who had the experience. And they're looking at it from one perspective, from the main perspective. That main perspective is what, what, what gives us the highest probability of having a fully functioning descendant class of offspring and grand offspring and great grand offspring. You aligning yourself with this boy. Us uh, teaching you and instructing you how to be this kind of person and aligning you with that kind of person from that kind of family. You have certain cultures where the, 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 the girl's family would audit, audit the boy's family before these two would even speak or meet each other. We need to know how much you have in the bank because your reputation is that you guys have money or you guys have land. We need receipts. We got to see the deeds. We got to make sure that your per this, this, this boy of yours is actually as upstanding as an upstanding individual. And, you know, because it was about what? It was about what? What? 
biological imperative is to keep the keep the species moving forward and putting it in the best position to move forward the highest probability unions the unions that have the highest probability of success based on what measurables not on he's cute she's cute she understands me i speak her truth she speaks mine we're manifesting we're partners we're this that and the third eh -eh. Those aren't measurables. Now, maybe there's an argument for that. Because when I hear the term, my body, my choice, and I say, okay, your body, your choice. If you want to be bossed up about this decision, then live with it. Live, you, if you want to pay the cost to be the boss, then maybe one should deal with all of the ramifications of that. I personally... And that's why I'm bringing this up. I'm I'm looking to create it, what I call a a a a a a linear logical consistency, because it's like I said. If it's the woman, like I said, outside of any unwanted sexual advances like a rape or incest or anything like that or power dynamics or things of that nature, outside of that, excluding that, which does not represent the majority of 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 pregnancies in this country can it suffice to say that more than 70 to 80 percent of pregnancies in this country happen by two consenting adults having sex with each other if we can say that okay i think it's around 75 to 80 percent could be more okay it's not a, these these pregnancies that i'm speaking about are not the products of rape or incest so in that in regard it's the woman who controls intimacy the woman controls who gets to enter she has an enter sign. You may enter. They have a do not enter for some, for many, for most. A chosen, that's the word, few will be allowed to enter. Sometimes only one for her whole life. Her husband, the person that I plan on procreating with and dying with is the only one who gets to enter. Okay. But, but in many, many, in most cases, she's the one who chooses. In the West, in the West, here, in the United States, most times, she's the one who she's the one who chooses. Not a parent, not a family member. It's not a, it's not a, it's not an arranged marriage, an arranged situation. No, it's her choosing. You get you. I'm choosing you, regardless of my metric or measurables. It's you that I choose, regardless of whatever abstractions I may use. It's you that I choose. Boss decision. That's boss decision number one. Here comes boss decision number two. If she, um. How that person enters. Am I protected? Is he protected? Did I ensure that he has such and such on him and this, that, and the third? And letting him know that there are conditions to entrance. Oh, um, you have to have put this on. No, you don't have to bring your own. I have my own. Because I don't know what you did to yours, but I know what I have. I have my own here. Okay? And you use so that's step number two, conditions of entrance. Who gets to enter and the conditions upon entrance? Both decisions that the woman controls, 100%. He can be all baby, baby, please, baby, please, baby, please. She's like, nope, sorry, I'm leaving. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right, I'll do what you, I'll do what you say, I'll do what you ask, all right? Who gets to enter? Conditions upon entrance. Two boss decisions, all on the woman. Third decision, is if this woman ends up pregnant for whatever reason. Because, no, the decision, actually the first decision is you decided to engage 
in these encounters before you were married because we're speaking about unmarried women to a great degree unmarried women so you decide to enter into these situations before you got married before marriage that's the first boss decision then you you decided who's to enter that's the second boss decision then the third boss decision is the conditions by which one gets to enter that's the third i'm actually coming up with this off the top but this is great so that's the third boss decision okay then the fourth boss decision is what my body, my choice decision that a woman is making is upon pregnancy, you're the one who gets to decide 100% whether this becomes a human being and gets to contribute one way negatively or positively in our society based on the information that you have. You already have the information upon most of the time on the outset of the situation. If the man is saying, I don't want this and you're saying you do or vice versa, whatever the case may be, if he wants it and you don't, regardless of the dynamic, you get to choose. That's four boss decisions that the woman makes. But then as soon as the child is born, she gets to make another decision to take that same man, whether he wanted to be, if he did not want to be a, a, a father and he didn't have the recourse and he didn't have the, the legal right to uh, uh, um, 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 give away his uh, parental rights. With that being said, she gets to sue him, take him to court, take half his check, lock him up, suspend his license, etc., etc. Make him shame him into being shame him saying he didn't want to be a father. Really? But so everything else was your decision up until that point. Everything else. You, you, you got to control the game. You can tell every guy that you date. Listen, I'm, I, I don't plan on doing this until I get married. I don't plan on doing this. And if I do plan on doing this before I get married, these are the conditions by which I'm going to do it because I don't want to be someone's mother before I'm someone's wife. That's how women control the board in the species. Women control the board in the species because you are the ones who accept and reject men. Men, as men, we have to accept rejection. That's what we do. Okay, most men, if you're not a celebrity or extremely wealthy, and famous, you have to accept rejection by most women. Okay? Most of you are going to be rejected. I'm not interested. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm not interested. Okay? That's what you deal with. So women are the ones who control the chessboard. Up until the baby is born and then all of a sudden she may not be able to have, you may not be compelled to be a dad because there's no way you can emotionally legislate anything. But at the same time, your wallet, everything is there. You know, everything that you said you didn't want to do, now you are attached to this person. So men out there, protect yourself. So Roe v. Wade, pro-rights, pro-life, doesn't matter. I'm speaking right now to what I consider to be a logical inconsistency, an inconsistency or a flaw in the logic that everything is my body, my choice up until the point where this child is born. And then all of a sudden when the child is born, then it's all of a sudden I can't do this alone. I can't believe you're going to allow me to. It's like, oh, wait a minute. So I'm talking to the guys out there. Make sure that the people that you're choosing, and I'm talking to the parents out there, you know, uh, the parents out there, you have to start instructing your child at, 12, at, 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 at the time when they come to you and say, I have this now, I'm in puberty, I am, I am pubescent. At that point, it's time to have other conversations. 
It's time to take it past the, the, the adolescent stage. They are now in the pubescent stage. So there's the infant conversation, Google Gaga conversation. Then it turns into please and thank you conversation and the manners. And then there's the other conversation. We have to, what we've done in this country in the West is we are a product of our own privilege and success where we have elongated and extended adolescence. So dudes think you can be 20, 21, 22 years old just playing PS2 and just having sex with whoever you want to. That's not how it works. The consequences are too dire. You're bringing people on the earth that are maladjusted. They're feeling unloved and unwanted by one or more parents. And then a mother is struggling with this disproportionate amount of pressure to do this quote unquote on her own. But it's a decision she made long ago. It's a decision she made from the first boss decision to enter into these situations with not being in a committed situations. Committed under the law, committed under the families, committed under measurable metrics. Just saying. This decision happened long before a pregnancy, long before a child was born. So if we're going to have equality, equality to me means accountability. Can't use, oh, I was young, I was dumb, I was in love. Mm. Okay. Remember what I said, love is not a measurable when you're bringing kids into, the, kids into the planet. Love is not a measurable. That's why the old families, these old families, the rich that stay rich and the rich that keep getting richer, everyone's choosing. The mom and the dads are saying, son, Chadwick, um, I think Ernestine would be a great match. She went to the female version of your private school. She went to this. She's being groomed to be suitable. And you have been groomed to be suitable. I know their father. I know their mother. I do this. I do that. How, the, how, the, how people, I'm sorry. I'm just saying this way isn't working. That's what I'm saying ultimately. Whatever the alternatives it are, okay, this way, this whole, you know, boy meets girl, boy has sex with girl, girl has sex with boy, girl has no idea why she likes boy just off pure attraction or just off of her elementary sense of attraction is entering into real adult activities. And because we've extended adolescence, parents have done a, an, an inadequate, if not mediocre job of preparing these young pubescent people as to what the ramifications and, 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 and repercussions and, and consequences are, are of their actions long term. If you're a parent, you have to start thinking dynastically. So an incomplete love does not bring about the offspring of incomplete love that does not bring about the offspring of incomplete love where kids feel not as worthy and inadequate and don't strive to be the best version of themselves because they have not been encouraged by two-parent household to do so because people are deciding going to do this without the parent or do this without the man or I'm going to do this without the woman and I'm going to decide to abort or not or, or I'm going to put you on child support and acrimony is already built in from birth that child is imbued Acrimony, acrimony, antagonistic and an adversarial dynamic between the man and the woman, the woman and the man, the mother and the father from the outset. So if we're asking ourselves and I, I, I'm, I'm not going to this is not a leap. 
we're asking ourselves, why is teen suicide on the rise? Why is teen drug abuse? Why is teen pregnancy? Why is this? Parents, you might want to start looking in the mirror at the value systems and traditions that you're teaching your child. Like I was speaking about in who's in your village, your village, who's in your village. I personally, and this is going to sound bad. In certain cultures, you know, I come from the Caribbean. I know many people from Asia, many people from Africa. This idea of just recreationally having babies outside of wedlock, maybe having multiple fathers, which is something out of the West, multiple fathers of your children is not maybe shamed enough in our culture because economically that's almost it's, a, it's an unviable and unsustainable model to think that you're going to be able to take care of multiple children on your own if you're a woman and then use a use abortions in the clinic as some sort of contraception and i'm not saying that's that's um the case for most women but i'm just saying that you know in america over the last you know 40 plus years me being someone who's identified as black and i was born in america first generation when we look at black women in particular and specifically they've had the most abortions in in in, in the country in the last 40 years some people say by design by this by that okay whatever metric or, or or reasoning you want to give to that particular situation or or particular dynamic that's what it is they are out of uh think uh what is it f uh 474 abortions per 1,000 live births, okay? That means 19 million black fetuses have been aborted since 1973. Ooh. 80% of black babies in America will be born to a single parent household. Is this a contributing factor to some of the dysfunction that's going on into what people call black quote unquote communities? Just saying, is it a contributing? Is it a contributing factor? Maybe, maybe. So I'm speaking to everyone, but I just wanted to throw that out there that the, okay, that we need to be doing more from when these boys and girls are 11, 12, 13, when that girl first gets her period, when that boy starts reaching puberty, we need to have that other conversation that's outside of the ABCs, one, two, threes, and Disney conversation. Not saying you cannot have that conversation any longer, that it should cease. And now we're just talking about Grown-up stuff, okay, you're 12 years old, you're going to be a dad soon. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying now you have to introduce, just like they're going to be in another grade, in another grade level, they're going to introduce new ideas, new concepts, okay, new curriculum. That's what you're doing as a parent, whether you're comfortable with it or not. So if you want to have a functional, functional offspring and functional grandchildren and functional great-grandchildren and you're looking at your world dynastically, these are things that you're going to have to speak about. These are things that you're going to have to think about. Just saying. So while we're speaking about Roe v. Wade and my body, my choice, and it's a woman, 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 and you're the boss, and I get to, it's my reproductive rights, and once his sperm is in me, it's mine. He, once he puts it in, he has no more input until I say so, and I get to control it, and if I get divorced, then I get to half, and then he gets to be a weekend dad, even though he was a dad every day of the week. Whoa, everything is extremely over-leveraged. So men, you don't really have a lot of advantages in these situations. You don't. And women, being a single mom is no easy task. It's, it's one of the hardest jobs, being a single mother. Even though you're in the West and there, you have certain subsidies, it's better than being a single mother in Calcutta, okay? But at the same time, whether you're in California or Calcutta, it ain't easy. Maybe easier 
in certain areas, but it's not an easy job. Being a parent in a loving relationship between a man and a woman and you, and you have a child, that's not even easy. So forget about if you decide to pick this couch up on your own and put it on your back and move it around. A lot more difficult. So what I'm saying is we need to have more a broader conversation. Like I said, and it goes back to what I always talk about, that zero to nine. And then from that zero to nine, what are you teaching from nine to 18 to make sure that your 16 year old daughter does not come home saying that, mom, I'm pregnant. What if your 16, 17 year old son is coming home saying, hey, dad, I got a mom, dad, I, I, I got this girl pregnant. Got this girl who? Oh, this girl, I was just, we were just kind of hanging out. What? That's not supposed to be an option because your job from when that kid was 12, 11, when first hit puberty, is supposed to put himself in situations that do not bring about those outcomes five, six, seven, eight years later. So that zero to nine, what you teach them is important. And then that nine to 17, 18 is extremely important. What you teach at that moment of puberty extremely important so with that being said that's my take <laughs> to a certain degree that's my take it's a couple little information you know but you know um guys you have to be more aware it's it's not um bringing babies onto the planet that don't feel the love of mom and dad it's a hurtful feeling there's some married some kids that come from married uh, uh, situations uh, from uh, both parents were in the household and feel that inadequate love from one of the parents and they're constantly vying for that parent's attention and that has to do with a flawed decision making matrix as to who's choosing who and who is suitable to be a father and who is suitable to be a mother because that's what this is about ultimately that union it takes two to recreate two to procreate and two to parent and it should take dot 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 to a degree Two, to make the decision as to who gets put on the planet or not. Because if all of this is being, if these situations are being entered into under traditional marital perspectives, then you don't have to make those decisions, do you? Right? You don't have to make those decisions. You can say, all right, this is the time when I'm dropping an egg. I want to have a baby. So these are the days we're going to do but since most of a lot of these abortions are happening and a lot of these procedures are occurring in, in casual situations, sometimes married couples are doing it. They can't afford another one and it's a tough decision, but both the man and the woman have a decision. And sometimes guys, women are pressured into these situations because they don't want to lose the man and they regret it. Yes, yes, there are these decisions. There are these situations, absolutely. The, and these are not out, these situations are significant. They happen quite often. However, what I'm saying is the idea that it's your body, your choice up until the point that you have it. Then all of a sudden a man, because a man doesn't get to choose whether he enters you. You get to choose who enters and the conditions. You get to choose whether in your mind that that's actually a possibility, something that's on the table. One and then two, who gets to enter three, the conditions by which they enter and four, what happens in the, in the case of a pregnancy, all autonomously you, as far as a woman is concerned under normative circumstances until the child is born, then you're saying you're going to be a daddy. Really? You are man enough to have sex with me. Then you are man enough to get, get involved in adult activities and you're man enough to take care of a child. Okay. Well, okay. There's some truth to that. But then on the other flip side of that coin, 
if you're a woman enough to have these activities and you're a woman and if a man wants to have a child with you because if you're a woman enough to get into these activities and you should be woman enough now to deal with the situation and the in the um foreseeable outcome of us entering into this uh, uh into intercourse to relationships sexual relations and which is okay we're gonna have this baby and okay, I, you don't. I don't want to have this child, but you want to have this child. I'm saying that within the allotted amount of time where you are allowed to have an abortion, and you are you get to decline your parental rights. Should that man have the option to decline his parental rights if she decides to go all the way? Like you know what, I'm declining my parental rights if you decide to move forward with this. So you're aborting the fetus and I'm aborting. And if you decide to go forward with this uh, pregnancy and bring the child to term, I'm aborting my parental rights, declining mine the way you declined yours. Can I do that? And if the answer is, oh, no, once you did, oh, wait, 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 there's a logical inconsistency. And then it's something we have to deal with and address as people can. We're dealing with cake and eat it, too. And I guarantee you, if men could go to a courthouse and say, listen, just found out this girl I'm seeing is, um, she's four weeks pregnant and, um, I, I'm, I'm here to, you know, to decline my parental rights. Her name is such and such. She lives at such and such address. This is her date of birth. And the judge goes, okay, all right. <clears throat> if you, and, and then the man, he signs the paper. It's notarized. She can't come for him for child support. I guarantee you there'd be a lot of women that would go, wait a minute. I don't think I'm going to have this child. He's not going to be there. I can't fool myself into thinking once this child is born, he's going to be a dad. No, 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 no. I'm saying this and I'm going to say this out loud. I don't think that any woman should consciously set out to be a single mother. And the fact that that is an option in our society right now where women are saying, I can do it alone, you cannot. You may be financially able to do it alone, so you think. But you're, it, raising a child is a two, at least a two-person job. It takes a village. It takes shared norms and standards that are reinforced into that child, that instruction, whether it's the mom, dad, the neighbors, grandpa, grandma on both sides, uncles, aunties, older cousins, uncles, everyone else, teachers, everyone is reinforcing what your belief systems are, that you want to instruct that child, that those standards and norms that you want that child to abide by. It takes a village. And, one of the, and the first two people in that village are mom and dad. So this idea that you can do it on your own, I, I, I actually have a pushback on that just because, you know, DoorDash delivers and you can get food sent to your home and you guys are making pretty good women are making pretty good money right now. And, you know, you have EBT and WIC and you subsidize subsidizing subsidizations. That doesn't mean it's just because you can do something alone doesn't mean it's supposed to do alone. Giving birth to a child and bringing another human being onto the onto the earth is not something that should be handled haphazardly. It shouldn't be a point of pride to think that you can do this on your own. It's not something to be taken so lightly that you think you can do this on your own. That's a person's life we're talking about, not just yours, but that human being who didn't ask to be here. Remember, it was your body, your choice. They didn't ask to be here, but now they're here. And are you putting them in the best position to win? And there's a higher probability of a successful human being and a contributory, a positively contributory human being if it is being born 
in a household where that dad wants to be a dad and that mom wants to be a mom and they're living together and working together for the for those desirable outcomes to bringing about a fully functioning contributory person who's going to find another fully functioning contributory person and then they're going to have another fully functional contributory children so many other societies deal with this in a more strict and rigid manner because they know what's at stake not here in the united states of america we don't it's all about finding your sexuality and finding your inner this and inner that and we can do it on your on your own and 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 you have organizations that say such and such lives matter but their mission statements used to say we're here to dismantle the nuclear patriarchy and foster this and 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 what this dismantling the man woman and child dynamic the male female offspring dynamic that exists all throughout the wild and make sure that species are able to extend their life throughout millennia. Are you kidding me? We need to reassess and reflect on where we are and what standards and norms and protocols we're going to have before we have to deal with women actually using this as a method of contraception and preventing births. Because oftentimes the first time a woman is actually dealing with, you know, contraception and things like that is when they go into a clinic to get rid of an unwanted pregnancy. Why is that? There should be there should be prophylactics and this information should be out there ubiquitously. You don't see those commercials on TV, do you? You know what you see commercials for? Commercials for medication after you've contracted a sexually transmitted disease because you did not have a prophylactic. That's what you see commercials for. That's what you see commercials for. So you're educated. You know, take this because you did this earlier unprotected. So now you got to do this. But you're not, you're not getting the information about uh, what to do from the beginning, from, from as soon as you become pubescent. It's a conversation. I don't know if I'm going to speak about this again. I think it depends on the emails I get and the reactions I get to this. But I'm not going to speak about the legality of Roe v. Wade and reproductive rights or whether I'm pro-life or pro-choice or pro-this or pro-that. I'm, I'm looking at preventing a woman from having to make that decision. And there are a lot of things that can happen early on by the, when that girl is, what you, how you instruct that girl from 11, 12, how you instruct that boy from 10, 11, 12, once they reach that double digit age where pubescence is right around the corner. And when they become pubescence, a light bulb has to switch. A switch has to switch in the minds of the parents. Switch. It's time to have those conversations. Okay. Don't allow the school to have those conversations if they don't if they don't uh, reflect your ideals. But you out there, you, you have those conversations. Mom, dad, it's you. You, you get the the cucumbers and you get the you 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 do it, and you have that kind. Make it a comfortable, normal conversation. It's a part of life. On that note. Till we meet again.